This is a mission-focused life with Tim Olofsson, co-founder and executive director of Another Child Foundation. Up next, Tim will speak with this week's special guest, offering special insights on how you can live a mission-focused life. Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of A Mission-Focused Life. We are so glad all of you decided to join us. We're excited to be able to offer this podcast to help you in your faith journey. Hopefully, by the end of this podcast, you will find yourself more inspired to live a more mission-focused life. Today, we have a very special guest and very good friend of mine, Pastor Tanner Payton. Tanner is a senior pastor at Word of Life Church in Rock Island, Illinois. Welcome, Tanner. Hey, good morning, Tim. Thanks so much for having me. And wow, your first guest, it's only going to get better from here. So that's the good news. <laughs> Nowhere to go but up, right? That's right. All right. Well, uh, Tanner, you're a good friend. And I, I know you've always, uh, when I listen to your sermons, uh, they've always inspired me and they've always uh, done a great deal for, for my life. And I uh, want to thank you for that. But last week, we had a really pretty cool conversation. We were talking about this podcast and how can it be a value to people. And, and uh, we talked about this exact subject of, of really living a more mission-focused life. And during that conversation, you said quite a few things that really stuck with me, but there was one that in particular that really hit me. And it was the fact that we need to inspire people, not just to teach people, um, whether it's living a more mission-focused life or any other parts of our lives. We, we seem to be a, um, a community of, of consumers and not of giving it out. So you remember that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say probably the biggest part of inspiration is app is actually found in the application. So for much of my adult life, I was an obese person. I was really overweight, weighed anywhere between 300 at my top. I was 420 pounds. And the reason that obesity happens is because you're taking in more than you're putting out. So you're get you're allowing more calories to come into your body than you're actually expending through exercise and activity. And I think that happens to us as Christians as well, especially in this modern world where at um, our fingertips, we have the greatest speakers in the world available to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's not uh, we don't just have one pastor speaking into our lives once once a, one Sunday a, a week we can have a thousand podcasts a day if we want to listen to them. And so what I think happens is we're constantly taking in this spiritual nourishment, but it's, it's turning to fat. It's, it's, it's making us spiritually obese because we're taking all this stuff in, but we're not actually doing anything with it. We're not actually um, applying it to our lives. And so I think inspiration stalls out because we're not actually encouraging people to take what they're hearing and actually do something with it. And without that, we get spiritually lazy and spiritual laziness. It just causes us to kind of shut down and go through the motions. And, you know, we enjoy a good meal every day, but then we're not doing anything to make that meal productive. Right. Yeah. So as we were talking about what, what we were trying to accomplish with, with this podcast, one of the things we had spoke about is we want to do almost more teaching uh, on how to teach people to live a more mission focused life. And, you know, so your role as a pastor, that's kind of what you do on, on Sundays is to do biblical teaching. But what people need outside of that is how to apply this knowledge that we are getting. So, so really the focus and really the, the whole purpose of this uh, mission-focused life is to try to inspire people. So through this series of podcasts we're going to be having, we're going to be sharing uh, different people from authors to people who've went on mission trips to just some awesome people that we have come to know uh, over our years through through doing missions on, on their stories, on how they uh, move forward in their lives through 
uh, different avenues. So really what it is, it's more about sharing of stories because the story is a very powerful way in which we can uh, help people grow. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as we go through this limited time really today, I'd really love to get into your personal journey and how you're living a mission-focused life, but also your role as a pastor. But really before we do that, what I'd really like to do is define the word mission. I'm not sure exactly what the word mission um, is. I know my perception of it, but give me your um, definition, I guess, of the word mission and how biblically, what, how is that word to be used? Well, I think it's a great question, and I'm going to use a word that may be overused, especially in leadership circles and, and stuff, but it's the word intentionality. So to, be, to live on mission to me is simply to live intentionally. Um, to live intentionally, though, you have to understand what you're here to do, like what your purpose, what your calling is, and that ties in directly with who we are as Christians. You know, in, in Acts chapter, um, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, that we would become witnesses, that he would empower us to become witnesses, to, to take the gospel message to our backyard, to our community, to our region, and then to the ends of the earth. And I believe that that is what, that's, that's pretty much what this Christian life is supposed to be about, is making God known. And that's a big part of our mission statement at our church, Word of Life in Rock Island, is we tell people that your mission in life is to know God personally, your mission in life is to be known within the body of Christ, and your mission in life is to make God known to the rest of the world. And that third component often gets overlooked because we're so focused on the first two parts because they're about us, and they feel good, and they're easily accessible, and it's about building us up, and we can often forget about that third component, which is just important, and without it, you don't have the complete whole. So for me, a mission-focused life takes all three of those aspects of knowing God, being known by God, and making God known, and putting them into practice intentionally every single day. Yeah, I love that word, in, intentional, being very intentional. So as we wake up and, and as we plan our day, we need to be very intentional on the, intentional on the acts in which we are going yeah. to do during that day. I visit a lot of churches and almost every church's mission statement has three components. It's usually invite people in, disciple people, and send people. And sometimes send people means, you know, send them out and not, not just into their uh, other parts of the world, but into their, into their communities, into their workplaces and things like that. So um, I love that opportunity to um, use this podcast as a way to, to help people in that third category of, of living it or sending people out and, and having pastors like you understand the fact that um, sometimes you need assistance in, in little helping people on that third uh, category because that, that is their life. That is right. the work but done outside of the church. I love the churches. Sometimes you'll see it the, as you leave the, their church to say you are now entering the mission field. Yep. And, uh, so I like that. So uh so let's get a little bit more into your um, uh, to your personal life. So tell us a little bit about where, where you started. I'm pretty sure you weren't born a pastor. I think you probably no. evolved into that uh, role. Uh, so tell us where, how it started and, and where you're at now and wh where do you see yourself maybe down the road? Okay, well, thank you for this opportunity. Um, yeah, I definitely did not start out as a Christian. In fact, I don't really know that I had any Christians in my sphere of influence growing up. We we lived in Southern Missouri in the Bible Belt, so we went to church once in a while just because everybody went to church once in a while. 
But as far as having Jesus be the center or having any real relationship with God, that that didn't exist for me or for my parents or really the grandparents that I lived around either. And so I was 17 years old living just kind of the all-American lifestyle. It, everything in my life revolved around me. I wasn't a bad kid. In fact, everybody thought I was a pretty good kid. The problem was is that I was very selfish, self-centered. Everything in my life revolved around making me happy. So the grades that I got in school, the sports that I played, the extracurriculars I was involved in, the girls that I dated, it was all done in this effort to boost me up. And so 17 years old, my life kind of imploded, um, went through a series of relational breaks. My mom and her second husband ended up splitting up. My dad and his third wife ended up splitting up. And then the relationship that I was personally in for a year and a half also came to an end, all within about a month of each other the summer I turned 17. So I, uh, I had this big hole inside and God actually used those circumstances to get my eyes off of myself for a minute and looking for an answer outside of myself. And that's when I started going to church with a friend of mine, went to church with him all summer. And then when school started back up, I started dating this girl and wanted to honestly just to impress her. So I started going to church with her and I heard the gospel presented really for the first time. I had always heard about God and I was terrified of God, thought of him as vengeful and always looking for an opportunity to punish me for the things that I was doing wrong. But the church that she took me to taught about Jesus, his love, his grace, his mercy, and what true justice actually looks like. And so it was only a couple of weeks into that that I gave my life to Jesus. And my transformation was pretty radical. Uh, everything in my life went from revolving around me to really revolving around ministry and about serving Christ. So my uh, my friends kind of got freaked out. The people that I, I partied with, the girls that I used to hang out with, nobody really believed it was real. They thought it was just a new fad in my life. And it could, actually took a couple of years to convince them. But I, I just really sold out to this idea that Jesus is the answer, that Jesus truly was the, what I was looking for. And he perfectly filled that hole that I had inside of me. And I realized from that moment forward that he was the answer to everything and everyone else's desires too. So fast forward several years, uh, God answered my prayer uh, that I would get to pastor my own church. And so I've been at Word of Life here in Rock Island for eight and a half years now as senior pastor. I'm currently working on a master's degree in theology. My, my goal is to continue on to get my doctorate of ministry degree and then Really what I would like to do for the rest of my life is help prepare men and women for lives of ministry. And that, does, that doesn't mean just pastoral ministry. It means being intentional about going out and living their lives every day for the kingdom and to build that kingdom. So I want to see people raised up according to their gifts. Some people are going to be pastors. Some people are going to be elders. Some are going to be deacons. Some are just going to be ministry leaders. Some people are going to be awesome business people that are making money for the kingdom. Some people are going to go into seats of influence within the community as, as teachers and administrators and public officials. And some people are going to work at McDonald's and, and be managers there and shift supervisors. And no matter where they are, though, I want to be able to raise people up to be leaders and people's, people of influence so that we can see God's kingdom be equipped and fully prepared and established to reach the needs of the communities that we're serving in. Yeah, because really, when you look at it, we're, we're all missionaries. We're all people yeah. in mission. And I know some people see pastors as kind of set apart as like they've been especially uh, selected or chosen to do to do ministry and to and the rest of us are just kind of going to sit back and and have them feed us all the time. 
And really, that, that's really not the case, depending because God puts skills and passions into each one of us to do certain things. And um, so it's kind of cool that each one of us has our own unique role. And, and some, like you say, take more of a leadership role, but we're all leaders, whether we're leading our families, whether we're leading our businesses, uh, we're all missionaries and we're all leaders. And really, we have the ability to influence our environments around us through, through our leadership. And sometimes that is dynamic leadership and sometimes it's by example. And that's right. kind of the leadership I've always kind of been to my personality is not a person of tremendous um, vocal, high energy type, of, but just through my example, I think I have done kind of what God has called me to do. Being an introvert, it's it's hard for me to get out and sometimes into uh, be that, but everybody has their skill set. Everybody's their yeah. has their passions that God has placed into their lives, and uh, um, so Bible characters. I know there's a lot of Bible heroes in our lives, and uh, if there was anyone, I'm going to ask you that now. I'll let you think about it a little bit. But um, so, is there any Bible hero that kind of has inspired you? But as I say that, all of our Bible heroes have kind of had this defining moment in their life. Uh, you think of, of Moses and 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 Paul or Saul, and you know they. They have these moments that's a pretty defining moment and in my mission uh it was when i was on a mission trip that god spoke to me to to really be the voice of voiceless children i didn't really understand it at the time but it was very obvious to me so it was a very defined moment uh, in my life so in your life i mean was there a defining moment what bible characters kind of inspired you or have you maybe modeled your life after a little bit to try to uh, to be that biblical hero right here today that's a great question. So for me personally, it happened about six months after I became a Christian. And uh, I, I felt this stirring inside of me. I was very passionate about the things of Jesus and really wanted to have the opportunity to share what God was doing in me to my classmates and, and my friends. And I really felt uh, a need to do that because I've been a pretty bad example of, of what a Christian was supposed to be before I became a Christian. That makes sense, right? Yeah. But uh, I had not been a great example of even a, a human being until that time. And so uh, six months in, I approached my youth pastor and I just asked him one day, I said, hey, would you ever allow me to share a message with the youth group? And to this day, I have no idea what he was thinking, but he said, yeah, in three weeks, you are a go on a Wednesday night. So I prepared for three weeks. I had 21 pages of notes. I worked on this sermon so hard and it was the four gods of the high school. And I, I did everything you probably could have done wrong. I brought in props and all this stuff, super excited. And I remember uh, I was telling everybody, all my friends, everybody that knew me about this opportunity. And so got in there that night and I had 21 pages of notes and I taught for seven minutes. I flew through those notes. I was talking a thousand miles an hour. I was so amped up with energy and excitement. And uh, my youth pastor got up after I was finished and did a great job of just filling in all of the gaps that I would left open after I was done and uh, ended up giving this altar call. And I, I'll never forget, I was in the back of the room and I'm pacing back and forth just on this pure adrenaline rush. And he asked anybody in the room if they wanted to give their life to Jesus. And just to my amazement, several hands went up and two of the hands that raised were girls that I had invited from class. And so then uh, my youth pastor, Jerry, did what I was not expecting. He called me up and he asked me to take this group of teenagers into his office and to pray to receive Jesus. So I had no idea what I was doing. All I remember is I, I got this group of people in there and they are all looking at me like I, 
Like I was supposed to have the answer. And so I, I still laugh at this. I had everybody get down on their knees in a circle and hold hands. And I prayed this prayer with them. I have no idea what I said to this day, but I just know that it was very heartfelt. It was genuine. It was real. And something, something clipped. I went home that night and uh, I went out and I sat on the front steps of our house and I stayed out there the entire night until the sun rose the next day. And I had my first real encounter with God that night. And I wept, I shouted, I prayed, I um, praised, I worshiped. I just went through all of these different things. And in the midst of that night, I just, I prayed a prayer and I just said, God, I don't care where I have to go, how I have to do it, what you want me to do. All I want to do for the rest of my life is to tell people about you. And I didn't hear an audible voice. There wasn't a light from heaven, but in my spirit, I just got this very clear and distinct confirmation of, okay. And it was that night from that night forward, I've, I've never done anything else uh, for 18 years straight than either be in full-time ministry or prepare for full-time ministry. Yeah. And really what I want our people to hear, our listeners to hear more than anything is it took the courage to take that first step. And sometimes that's, we've, we, as consumers, we, we just consume it, but taking that first step, sometimes we have no idea what we're doing. Uh, like when I decided to, to launch this, this podcast, it's like, it's what God wants me to do. I know it from the bottom of my heart. I'm not sure what this is going to look like, what's going to sound like, but we just got to do it. And sometimes we don't quite know what we're doing and we're going to learn from, we're going to make mistakes along the way. Yeah. But God is going to honor the fact that you took that first step and he's going to bless you. He's going to move you along the way because uh, what I want our listeners to realize is that he doesn't call the prepared, he prepares the called. And that's something I always took heart in because I always felt myself very unprepared to do anything in, in ministry and mission. And uh, But as I go and have courage to to take those first steps, that's when God will come right behind you, lead the way. He's not really behind you. He's in front of you, leading the way, giving you exactly what you need, when you need it. And uh, there's going to be mistakes, but those mistakes are really designed to help you understand ministry better and to, to grow and to trust in him more. Because uh, a lot of times we start out with ministry, we think is God focused, and maybe we move in a direction that we want to go. Uh, so one of my beliefs is that we need to continually be connected with the spirit. And one of the things that I, another child foundation, which is an organization that I lead, uh, talks about is the abiding cycle. And that is how do we learn to um, seek God's will, obey God's will, see God at work through the experiences he puts us through, and then how to uh, come to a closer relationship with him. And then when you go through this cycle and you understand what God wants for you and you develop that personal relationship, then you seek his will again. And the cycle continues to, to grow and it makes you a, a better person. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. But really what I, the biggest takeaway I wanted our listeners to know is that almost every missionary is a our person who's involved in mission is afraid to take that first step, but they sure. have the courage to do that. And, well, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of something I, I heard early on when I was preparing for ministry. And it was, uh, it was a message taught by George Wood, who used to be the head of the Assemblies of God denomination. And he said that there are three things that it takes to be successful in following Jesus well. He said the first thing is initiative, which is that first step. You have to be willing to show up. And that, that just goes a long way. It's just 
showing up, you know, means something. And the second thing that he talked about was a desire to learn. So it's not enough just to show up. You actually have to show up wanting to learn how to get better, wanting to learn how to do it. Then the third thing is imperative, a willingness to obey. So you got to have the initiative to show up. You've got to have the desire to learn. But if you're not willing to put those things into practice, you're not going to get anywhere. So that willingness to obey is huge. And then I added a fourth thing over the last 18 years, and that is consistency. And that kind of goes into what you were just talking about with the abiding cycle is we have to maintain consistency in order to be successful. Because if we're constantly on a roller coaster, we're never going to make any forward steps because every time we stop walking forward, we're going to get pushed back. And so we're never going to actually gain any forward progress without that. Very good. That, that is very good. That's the first time I've heard that. That's um, pretty good insight on, on for people to listen to. Um, Matthew 28, in Matthew 28, it says, go therefore and make disciples. And for years, I've kind of uh, took that as go therefore is to get out of where you currently are and to go somewhere else and to be a missionary to the ends of the world, you know, to, to make disciples. And, and maybe that's where he was calling me to do. So my first mission was really to, to go. And uh, what I found when I went, I went to the country of Romania to do a mission trip over there with orphans. What I found over there was he used that as a catalyst to, to bring me back into Princeton, Illinois, and to, uh, to be a disciple more on a daily basis. One of the translations I heard of go there for was also as you go about your daily life. So as you live your daily life, make disciples. Do you have any uh, insight on uh, the Great Commission? Well, I, I think that you hit on something really big there, and it's just simply that word go. Uh, you can't you can't make disciples staying where you're at. You can't make disciples just sitting at home on your couch. You can't make disciples just staying by yourself in your pew or in your church seat. You have to get outside of yourself. And anytime you get outside of yourself, you're going. That might be um, going to the person sitting next to you. It might be going to the person that works in the cubicle over. It might be going across town. It might be going to another state or to another country. But as long as you're going, as long as you're getting outside of your own head and, and your own needs and your own wants, that's that's really what God wants. And I, I cut my teeth in ministry in at an organization in Hollywood, California called the Oasis. And it was an amazing opportunity for me. Basically, what we did was we took uh, teams of, of students from all over the United States and led them on a week-long mission in Los Angeles. And the goal was to teach them how to engage with people, oftentimes complete strangers, with the gospel. But the mission itself was not just to spread the gospel in L.A., which desperately needs it, but it was to teach them how to do something that they could take with them everywhere they went. And I think that is priority number one, is when we go on a mission or to live a mission-focused life means that we, we develop the skills and the ability to share Jesus everywhere we go and to be able to insert Jesus into every situation. Sometimes that means telling about Jesus. Sometimes it means showing about Jesus by through acts of service and kindness. But most of the time, it's both. You know, we want to serve people with our actions, but we also want to share Jesus with them with our stories and our personal testimonies. Yeah. And um, one of the things that uh, Mission Focus Life has done is we've created a survey. We've created a survey to help people understand where are their skills, where are their passions, 
And uh, when they take this survey at the end, they'll get a, a personalized action plan that will help them, that kind of helps them identify where their strengths are and where God is maybe calling them. Because sometimes maybe that's the first step is just trying to understand where they are at this moment and what God wants for them. So we've created a survey that we're going to talk about right at the very end and invite people to, to take this and, and get that action plan. And maybe that'll be the first thing that'll uh, spur them on to, to live that more mission-focused life. So real quickly, we're run, running uh, towards the end of our time, but uh, so how do you encourage your congregation as a pastor to get more, in light, more involved in missions and to truly live that mission-focused life? You know, we, we've said this word several times, but it's that word story. I don't know that there's anything more inspiring or more motivational than hearing stories of other people getting out there and having one-on-one -on -one encounters and experiences. And so one of the things that I like to do is just allow people to share those stories of a successful opportunity that they've had to talk to somebody about Jesus. Because what I think happens is many times we, we get in this little self-isolated bubble and we feel like nobody's really going to be interested in what we have to say. Nobody's going to care about our story. But in reality, people are often just one story away from accepting Jesus. And that one story can be our personal story. You know, in the book of Revelation, it says that we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, the story of what God has done in our life. And the vast majority of us aren't going to have the uh, uh, time or money or, you know, any the resources in, in general to be able to go to seminary and, and learn all of the things about theology and, and these deep understandings of Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff. I mean, most people don't have that calling on their life to do that. But every single person can know uh, deeply what God has done for them personally. And that's that for me is really the crux of the issue is can you tell people what God has done in your life? And a lot of times what that takes is a, just a deep consideration. I need to take a look at my life and I need to really consider what Jesus has done, the impact that he's had. And that does one of two things. If I don't have anything to say about that, well, maybe I need to uh, pause and consider whether or not I've really allowed Jesus to be Savior and Lord of my life. Or if I have, it gives me opportunity to really explore what he has done. And all of a sudden I realize, wow, I do have something to share because I can look back and I can see how God has connected all these amazing dots to get me from where I was then to the person that I am now. Yeah. They always say a good storyteller has the ability to, as they're telling the story, to give that other person, the listener, the opportunity to put themselves into that story. And I think many times when we're sharing our testimonies, people are doing that. People are putting themselves, what, you know, how am I, how does my story fit into how this amazing story that I'm hearing, you know, where, where does that go for me? So, hey, as much as I'd love to continue this conversation, Tanner, it's really about time for us to close, but can you give our listeners any advice on some of the first or maybe next steps um, for living a more mission-focused life? What, what would be the takeaways you would love to, to share with our listeners? And it'd be, first, I think it'd be a couple of things. The, the first thing would be learn to share your story quickly and deeply. And what I mean by that is take the time to write down what God has done in your life and figure out the highlights and then practice talking about it, practice sharing it and get it down to two minutes, get it down to something that you could literally share with a stranger on the street and keep it short enough where you'd be able to have their attention um, until you were done. So that two to three minutes is usually kind of a sweet spot. So hone your story, learn how to share it. And then the second thing, 
is you just got to open yourself up to God. You, you've got to take the time to just say, Lord, I want to be used. Jesus, I want you to show me today and every day where to go and who to talk to and what to do when I get there. If you'll lead me and guide me, I will be obedient to do the things you're showing me. And then that leads into the third thing. And it's just that intentional obedience. So when God does begin to show you things, if, if an idea pops into your head or maybe a name comes to mind that you haven't thought of, or maybe you get kind of like a little scenario in your mind where God shows you to go take your coworker a chicken sandwich or, you know, like those little things that we consider to be just imagination, but it's actually the Holy Spirit laying out for us what he wants to do. Don't talk yourself out of it. Become a yes man to the Holy Spirit. Say yes whenever the Holy Spirit gives you those divine nudges, those little inclinations of your heart and spirit. Say yes to those things and begin to do them. And all of a sudden, you're going to hear God's voice more clearly, and the opportunities are going to get bigger as you're faithful with the little things. Very good. Well, thank you, Pastor Tanner. It's been a real joy having you as our as our first guest for this podcast. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so now for you listening, we'd love to help you take those first or next steps in living a more mission-focused life a life where Jesus is the center point and glory is brought to him every day by your actions. So we have a short survey that we'd love for you to take. The survey will really help you identify the skills and passions that God has placed into you and for you so we're, and show you where you can use those. So go to www.missionfocusedlife.com and click on the Mission, uh, the Mission Focused Life survey link. It's very simple. And when you're done, you'll receive a personalized mission action plan that hopefully spur you on to maybe take those first or next steps uh, in your faith journey. So, well, that's all the time we have for today. And uh, so until next time, live for Jesus and speak life into others. Thank you.